When it comes to serving their neighborhood, what could two churches 2,400 miles apart have in common? Both Grace Lutheran Church in Blaine, Washington and Christ the King in Memphis, Tennessee are confronting homelessness in amazing ways. Their stories are inspiring and make you want to join in with them. Hello, my name is Rahema Kavuga of Lutheran Church Extension Fund, and I'm inviting you to check out these stories and more at interesttime.org. Great things are happening coast to coast, and you can be a part of it. That's interesttime.org. One of the great challenges Christians face is sharing the truth with those who believe they have already found it. When witnessing to current or former members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it's essential that you compassionately describe biblical teachings from Mormon doctrine while tactfully advocating for Christ. For every believer who prays for loved ones in the LDS Church are loved ones who give up religion after leaving Mormonism. Introducing Christianity to Mormons is the book you need to learn to witness to them. The book will help you present the case for Christianity with confidence and grace, and it will empower you to share your faith with them. My guest today is Eric Johnson, the author of Introducing Christianity to Mormons. He works with Mormonism Research Ministry and currently lives in Utah with his wife and three daughters. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Welcome, Eric. Thanks so much for being my guest today. Thanks for having me on, Kay. Oh, I'm so looking forward to our conversation. So tell our listeners why you wrote this book. Well, uh, the thing about Mormonism, it's been, it's an interesting religion. And in the last few years, people have been leaving in droves, partly doctrinal, partly historical. The church has come to uh, grips with some of its history that it's now admitted. And a lot of Latter-day Saints didn't know that they were leaving. Also because of progressive uh, issues, uh, a lot of uh, dealing with feminism and homosexuality. That has also caused a lot of people to leave. And unfortunately, uh, about half are going to atheism, agnosticism, or nothing at all. And they reject Christianity on the surface because they think they know what it says. They they misunderstand. We call them straw man arguments. They, they'll say, well, you believe in, in uh, a three-headed God, the Trinity. Well, we don't believe in a three-headed God. We believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are one God and yet three persons. And, and uh, we can answer the question, who is Jesus praying to in the Garden of Gethsemane? He was praying to the Father. There's nothing wrong with that. Or the idea that all you have to do is say a little prayer, and then you can go sin like you want just because uh, you have salvation uh, guaranteed. That's not true either. So so those are things, these straw man arguments. I want the Latter-day Saint who leaves or is thinking about leaving to at least understand there is life outside of Mormonism. There really is a God. There really is a Jesus. And there really is salvation. It's there as it's found in our Bible. Wonderful. And it's a wonderful book. Um, more in it than we're going to have time to share, but we hope we can just uh, uh, whet the appetite of the listeners so that they go and get a copy. Um, in your introduction, you asked the question, are Mormons Christian? What do you share in this section? 
Well, and, and the thing about this, a lot of Latter-day Saints want to be known as Christian. When you talk to Latter-day Saints, they'll say, oh, we're Christian too. They have Jesus Christ in the Church's official name, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But unfortunately, the word Christian has a historical meaning, and when you take a look at the doctrines of Mormonism, which deny or distort every fundamental teaching of the historic Christian church, we have a problem. Mm -hmm. I don't like to bring up the issue, are Mormons Christian? And in fact, my title, Introducing Christianity, already has a controversial tone to it, because they're going to say, well, we're Christians too. But uh, unfortunately, the, the Bible says there are false gospels, and anyone who believes in a gospel other than the one I preach to you, Paul says in Galatians 1, 8, and 9, is accursed. And, and so we want to stand up for truth. I love Latter-day Saints. I want to make that very clear. I don't have any animosity toward the Mormon people, but at the same time, I, I want them to know the truth. And it's, you know, it's a good doctor who tells the patient that she has cancer uh, rather than just ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. And then the patient comes back a year later and, and, and he's told that you have terminal cancer, stage four. Well, why didn't you tell me last year? Well, I just didn't want to ruin your day. I don't want to I don't want to ruin a person's day necessarily, but if it means that I tell them the truth, I think that's the most important thing that Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, to speak the truth in love. He does. He does. Yes. Well, later in that introduction, you have a section that is entitled, Presenting the Case for Christianity to Mormons. Tell us more about what you share and why this can be so difficult. Well, the problem is our language. We use the same term. And so when we're talking to a Latter-day Saint and we use the term God, Jesus, salvation by grace, scripture, well, they have all those same terms. And yet they have different meanings to what those terms mean. And I think that's the crucial point that we must understand when we're speaking to communicate properly, understand what we mean and what the person may be accepting that what that means for them. And it could be different. And so to ask questions like, well, what, what do you mean when you say you believe in salvation by grace? Because Latter-day Saints will say that. Or what do you mean that Jesus is your Savior? How can, you, how can that work? Uh, and, and I think if we don't tell the Latter-day Saint what he or she believes, but rather ask the questions and understanding what uh, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints teaches, I think that's going to be helpful in us to be able to have a productive conversation. And that's the goal of this book. In fact, in the back of the book, I have an appendix. It's a glossary of usage. And I explain some of the terms that are used throughout the book. I italicize the word the first time it's used in the book. But then the terms that are, are the same but have different meaning, uh, I, I uh, explain what historical Christianity has meant from that term and what Mormonism teaches, and you'll see that they're completely different. So mm -hmm. so making sure that we communicate properly is so very important if we're hoping to explain what Christianity means for, uh, for what the Bible teaches. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So Mormons say they are also saved by grace. How could a Christian handle this topic when describing justification and how this differs from sanctification? Yeah, in the book that I was talking about, Kay, uh, in the glossary, uh, for the Christian definition, grace, unmerited favor from God provided to those who place their trust in Jesus. I tried to limit the definitions to one sentence, which is very difficult, by the way, but it's unmerited because it's not something you work for. In Mormonism, it's God's enabling power provided by God to help a person keep the commandments. That's a much different meaning. We have 
Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 in our Bible, and in theirs as well, that says we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. Well, in their scripture, and they have four of them, we have to understand they do believe in the Bible, the King James Version, as far as it's translated correctly, but they also have the Book of Mormon, uh, the Doctrine and Covenants, and Pearl of Great Price. All of them uh, Joseph Smith, the founder of this religion back in the 19th century, had a major role for putting those together. Well, in the Book of Mormon, Second Nephi 25:23 says that we're saved by grace after all we can do. Mm-hmm. So you can understand the definition I just gave, mm-hmm. that God's enabling power. He gives you the power to keep the commandments. And the Bible says it's not based on your works. And that Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is only one of many places we can go to. You can go through the book of Romans and Galatians and, and other places, uh, Titus 3, 5 through 7. Of course, these are all places that will help us understand that salvation is a free gift. Justification by faith alone is the rallying cry of the Protestant Reformation. That is very integral to what we believe as biblical Christians. Uh, sanctification is what follows. Uh, it's the good works we do. We're not against good works, and we want to make sure mm-hmm. when we're talking to our Latter-day Saint friend that we make that clear. Uh, the Bible says, that, and they like to point out, James 2.20, that faith without works is dead, and I agree with that. Yes, if you say you have faith, works are going to follow the fruit of the Spirit. It's called from Galatians chapter 5. But if you notice, in Ephesians 2.8.9, the next verse, right after Paul says, we're saved by grace and not by works, he goes on and says, For we are God's workmanship, created by Christ Jesus to do good works, Mm -hmm. which he prepared in advance for us to do. We, we, We are not Christians because of what we do. We are Christians because of who we are. Who we are, we have become new creations in Christ. Old things have passed away, all things have become new. And what has happened, another term that I use in this book called imputation, Jesus did the work. He's the one who was righteous, who was sufficient in in his efforts to be able to forgive sins. Based on his righteousness, it gets imputed into the life of the Christian who believes. It's through faith and faith alone. So that uh, that's a kind of a long way to go around saying that. But when, when they say they're saved by grace, that's not exactly what they're meaning. They're 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 resurrected because of the grace, but they're not going to receive exaltation or eternal life unless they keep the commandments of God continually. That's very clear in their scripture, and it's very clear with their leaders. And it's one of the ways we discern truth from error, to look back at God's word and understand what grace means in God's word. The Bible is where we get the truth. So because the Jesus of Mormonism is different from the Jesus of the Bible— Why is understanding who Jesus really is so important as we witness to Mormons? I have taught world religions and American religions at the college and even seminary level. And uh, I like to point out how all of the religions certainly have a role for Jesus. When we go to the, for instance, we go to the um, uh, temple for the Hare Krishnas. I used to take field trips with my students and we would go there to see what they had to say and, and observe them. And they would talk about Jesus being a good guru. When we'd go to the mosque, we'd hear about uh, how Jesus was a great prophet. Peace be upon him, they would say. When we would go to the synagogue, even the Jewish rabbi that I knew uh, from a conservative uh, synagogue uh, believed that Jesus was a good person, a good moral person. And, of course, C.S. Lewis said you can't call Jesus just a good uh, person. He's either Lord, liar, or lunatic. And so the, the idea that we have here is 
You can have a Jesus, but which Jesus are we talking about? According to Mormonism, Jesus is the spirit brother of Lucifer, who uh, has not always been God, eternal God. He's not someone you can pray to. Second uh, Corinthians 11.4 says it's possible to have a false Jesus. And as I mentioned earlier, Galatians chapter 1 says it's possible to have a false gospel. You might have the same vocabulary. You might have good intentions. You might have great effort. But none of that matters if your Jesus is different from the one that is taught in the Bible. Yeah, and we could go on with that, but I'm going to ask you another question. According to the Bible, Jesus was fully God and fully man. We call this his dual nature. Why would it be wrong to say Jesus was merely half man and half God? Well, because it's not true. I mean, uh, he's 100% God, 100% man. The early church dealt with this and wrestled with the issue. We have a term for that called the hypostatic union. Jesus being fully God, fully man. Uh, in our creeds, we talk about this as well. Uh, there is a belief uh, some have had that Jesus is 50% God, 50% man. It was a heresy called Nestorianism, and it was denied by the early church as heresy. So, yeah, I mean, you can come up with all kinds of different ideas, but and I know it gets complicated, but we have to understand if God is transcendent, which means he's above our thoughts, and uh, God is, is much bigger than we are, of course, we're not going to be able to fully grasp everything. When we talk about uh, his nature, when we talk about the Trinity, etc., cetera, I, I understand we're going to have some shortcomings. There's some mystery, of course. The Mormon has the mystery as well, because they believe God has not always been God, but that he was a human at one point, and that, uh, and that there's an infinite regression of God. Uh, how does that work? Uh, the idea of eternity. Uh, matter has always existed according to Mormonism. How does that work? So I think it's appropriate to have some type of mystery, but we're going to have to have it uh, based on authority. And for the Christian, our authority is the Bible. The Bible teaches that God has always been God. There's no one else like him. Uh, Isaiah 43.10 says, there's no God before or after me. Isaiah 44, 6 and 8 says that God doesn't know of any other gods. Psalm 90 verse 2 says that God is from everlasting to everlasting. We learn things about Jesus in the same way when we look at our scripture to see that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. I mean, that he was not a God, as Mormonism teaches. And so the idea that uh, th that there can be mystery is sometimes denied by the Latter-day Saint, but we have we have mystery in our faith just as much as they have in theirs. And yet we have to go to a source. What's that source? And that would be the Bible. Very good. I want to uh, transition and make some announcements, and then we'll come back to continue talking to Eric Johnson about his book, Introducing Christianity to Mormons. Family Shield Ministries is composed of Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations throughout the United States and on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate educational and outreach services, including our counter-cult ministry that serves individuals and their families. Thanks for listening.
I want to thank the women from Emanuel Lutheran LWML in Loda, Illinois, for their recent mission gift to help us with our radio program and podcast. I was told when I called to thank them that many of the women listen to our program at 6.30 a.m. every Sunday morning on their local radio station, WPXN-FM. You are such a blessing to us. Keep listening to Family Shield. To encourage more of our radio listeners to support us with a gift, from now until the end of the year, we'll share the name of the person, family, congregation, or organization that sends us a gift. Please let us know which station you listen to when you do this. You can give by writing a check and mailing it to us, or you can go to our website, www dot familyshieldministries.org and give a gift. This week, Family Shield is giving away several tracks that we purchase through our countercult ministry and give away to Christians who request them. They will help you learn to witness to Mormons. We're also giving away our booklet, Sharing Your Faith in Daily Life. To receive these free resources, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416 or email us witness to family at gmail.com. If you're a Thrivent financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent 1-800-847- 4836, and one of their employees will help you. All Thrivent gifts support our outreach ministries. Now I want to go back to my guest, Eric Johnson. Uh, Can you tell our listeners where they can obtain your book, again, Introducing Christianity to Mormons? Well, we have a special page for the book called introducingchristianity.com, and there are links on introducingchristianity.com. They can click on, uh, you can go to amazon.com, christianbooks.com, uh, Barnes & Noble. They're all there. This is published through Harvest House. And so any of those places is also available on uh, Kindle. So for those who like to have the electronic version. Wonderful. And I do want to let our listeners know, we always put anyone we interview that has a book on our recommended books on our website. So you can get uh find out about the book and even order it there. And we promote it when we send out our podcast so that people have various ways to to get connected to your book. I'd like you to just spend, before we go back to our discussion about the book, tell our listeners a little bit about Mormon Research Ministry and your work with them. Mormonism Research Ministry began in 1979. Bill McKeever, who's been on your show a number of times, Kay, has Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he started it, and he's been the head of that ever since. Um, uh, he's done this for quite a while. Uh, we uh, have a, a variety of things that we do. A website, mrm.org. We actually have a three-letter URL because we did that at beginning in 1995. It was a great move for us. We weren't sure what the Internet really was back in 1995, but we did that. And, and uh, so we, we get about, uh, about 2,000 hits a day on that site. We have a number of articles and videos and other things that could be very helpful for people to understand better what Mormonism is all about and also how to share with their Latter-day Saint friends. We do have a podcast of our own, uh, Viewpoint on Mormonism. We air on six different radio stations, and we have podcasts available uh, at mrm.org slash podcast, and they can actually go to an index for um, 12 years' worth of shows oh, that we have wonderful. done. 
uh, and uh, so a variety of topics we try to hit cutting edge issues. So what we have twofold purpose. One would be to share our faith with Latter Day Saints. We live in the heart of Utah, where 50% plus of everyone who lives here is uh, considers themselves a Latter Day Saint. So we have great opportunities here in Utah, and we also like to go to churches and other uh, Christian or, uh, places where we can uh, we we have presentations we can give to help people understand better. So they can be equipped to be able to share their faith with Latter-day Saints. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I would really encourage our listeners to go to that website. And by the way, we also have recommended uh, links on our website uh, in categories. One of those categories is apologetics, and your website is on there as well. So we kind of cross-promote that. So let's go back to our discussion. Um, Over the past decade, many who were once members of the LDS Church have left. You mentioned that. Why are so many people leaving Mormonism, and where do they typically go when they leave? Well, they don't come running to our Christian church. As I mentioned earlier, uh, there's actually a book that was written back in 2019 called The Next Mormons, written by Jana Reese, and she actually answers the questions you've just asked me. So I'll use her expertise when she says that 45% of everybody who ends up leaving Mormonism end up uh, going to atheism, agnosticism, or nothing at all. Another 22% say they're just Christian, but they haven't gone to any church. They're just Christian because they're moral. And so two out of three people who end up leaving this church end up having no hope whatsoever. Only one-third go to any kind of religion. So out of all the people who leave, and we're seeing them leave in droves, and I'll I'll give you the reasons in just a second, only 10% go to evangelical Christian churches, 10% who become Christians. This, this mm-hmm. is, uh, uh, I think, very sad. And that's, uh, you asked me earlier why I wrote the book. I, I think for us to explain, we have a great product, so to speak. I, I have a degree in advertising. I'm not trying to minimize the gospel, but it is the story of good news. And we have something so valuable. And unfortunately, people who have been burned don't want to get burned a second time. I understand that. But we want to be able to explain that the Bible is true that there really is a God, that Jesus really did die for sin. Why are they leaving, you ask? Well, uh, in her book, The Next Mormons, uh, um, a number of reasons have to do with history and, and doctrines. Uh, for instance, uh, these, uh, the church wrote a series of 13 essays between 2013 and 2015. These 13 essays were power-packed, admitting to things that Latter-day Saints didn't know. For instance, uh, Joseph Smith had between 30 to 40 wives. Uh, teenagers as young as 14, a third of these wives were married to other living husbands. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of Latter-day Saints didn't know that. They finally have admitted to this. We knew this all along. It's in the history books. It's very clear that he was uh, secretly married to these different women. And uh, so people ended up leaving uh, uh, for that. Or the idea that the Book of Abraham, a book in the Pearl of Great Price, actually is not a correct translation of the Egyptian papyrus that Joseph Smith actually purchased. Uh, that was bothersome for a lot of Latter-day Saints. So these are kinds of issues that, that uh, came out. But as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to say in the last few years, the, the issues of homosexuality and feminism have caused many to leave because the church is holding firm on marriage be- being between a man and a woman, which is upsetting a lot of people. BYU right now, they're just having a terrible time trying to control the students because they're trying to have gay pride clubs and other things on the campus and trying to promote that kind of a lifestyle. And the church is saying no to that. 
And for the feminists, they're upset because uh, there's a heavenly mother in the doctrine of Mormonism, not only a heavenly father, but he's married mm-hmm. to a wife and actually many wives. Polygamy is in heaven is what mm-hmm. is taught. And uh, the idea that Latter-day Saints are not allowed to pray to Heavenly Mother is bothersome. There are a lot of feminists who pray directly to Heavenly Mother. Also, they're not allowed to hold what's called the Mormon priesthood, called the Aaronic and Melchizedek priesthood. That's reserved for males. And uh, they would like to have the same authority that the males have. That's caused a lot of people to also leave. So the church has a lot of problems. Their growth in the past uh in the past couple of years is anemic really uh, and uh, and then people are going out the back door so the church has a lot of thinking to do as to how they're going to approach the problems they have and trying to keep people uh in their in their fold Wow. So much more I wish we had time for, but we don't. Well, I really love this question. Suppose someone has an LDS relative. How is it possible to share your Christian faith when you're trying not to cause problems at Christmas dinner or at family reunions? I want an answer to that one. How do you do that? Yes. Oh, but, you know, I tell you what, let's come up with the answer. Somebody can come up with that. They need to write the book, and I'd like to read it myself. Uh, you know, this is a hard topic. We don't want to push our faith down people's throats. That's going to be the most important thing. The Bible says in 1 Peter 3, we're supposed to have an answer for everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope we have but to do it with gentleness and respect. And as I mentioned earlier in Ephesians chapter 4, to speak the truth in love. So I think we need to look for opportunities. And while I never was a Latter-day Saint, my wife's family, uh, half of her family is Latter-day Saints. We do go to family reunions. We do go to these things. So I'm just going to tell you on an experience. I, I look for opportunities, but I don't make myself into a jerk and bring things up that are just going to cause argument. Mm-hmm. But occasionally... Something will come up where they'll ask me a question. Well, what do you think about this? They know what I do. They don't like what I do as far as my full-time ministry with Mormonism Research Ministry. But uh, it opens up the door, and then we get a chance to talk. I even have Jehovah's Witnesses who are part of my wife's family. And I've had great conversations with them as well. So I think you look for the opportunities. and, uh, And God, I think, will make it known. We're only in sales. God's in production. We need to leave it up to Him, but we need to be faithful in presenting the truth. Okay, good, good. What else do we need to share? Just some closing thoughts for our listeners. Okay, what I would say, um, the most important thing we can do as Christians is be able to present the Christian gospel, to present the message and the doctrines of Christianity in an accurate way. We're going to need to know what we believe first. That's most important. Mm -hmm. But we also need to know what the Latter-day Saint is believing as well. Once we can put those two together, I think we're going to be able to explain what the truth is. And I have seen people come to the Lord based on uh, the faithfulness of Christians who have, have witnessed to them and shared the Christian gospel. That is fantastic. I was just thinking about my daughter. She's had Mormons come several times to her home in Minnesota, and uh, she always invites them in for dessert and is very kind to them and gives them a blessing more often before they can ask if they can give her a blessing and just builds a wonderful relationship with them so that they want to come back. Our time is just about up. So I just, again, want to mention that my guest has been Eric Johnson. His book, Introducing Christianity to Mormons, A Practical and Comprehensive Guide to What the Bible Teaches. 
And the forward is by Micah Wilder, another friend of the ministry. So I'm so glad you were able to uh, join us today and uh, blessings on your day. Thank you so much for having me on, Kay. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Thank you.